0: She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name,
1: Jesus. Good morning. Um, We'll be reading out of Isaiah 9, verses 1 to 7. If you're not familiar with Isaiah, he was a prophet in the Old Testament, and um, he wrote these words to us 2,270 years ago, so about 750 years before the birth of Jesus, Let's have a read. Isaiah 9, verses 1 to 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light.
2: Great to see you here, I hope boys and girls you had a great morning, it's been a great Christmas here in Manly, I saw many of you riding up on a camel yesterday, let me just say it's a slightly overrated job, you get sore legs and uh, flies are your best friend by about half an hour in. But uh, my great joy this year, and I'm going to embarrass her, is my mum is with me this Christmas and it's great to have you here mum. Yeah, welcome mum along. She's been doing Christmas lunch for us for I think 40 years and she just said to me as she passed me the turkey last year, your turn next year son, and then walked off. (laughs) Anyway, we've got roast turkey in the oven, it'll be great and it's a great joy to have you here mum. Let me pray as we think about the greatest hope that we have, which is found at Christmas morning through the Lord Jesus. Father we do thank you that we can be here today. We thank you for the incredible hope that this morning brought the world so many centuries ago. And fathers, we stop and reflect on the gift of your son to us, fill our hearts with the hope that comes through knowing him, the Lord Jesus. We pray in His name, Amen. I do love cricket, and it is cricket season. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of the Big Bash. I know for many of us, we're aficionados of Test cricket, but I do have a soft spot for the Big Bash. And I was checking the scores. I couldn't watch the game. Sydney Sixers were playing the Brisbane Heat. And to my dismay, I saw that Chris Lynn had gone berserk, it's the only word you could use, 94 off 36 balls, 11 sixes. And I couldn't help but think that there's probably some young boy, aged 12, maybe 14, up in Gympie or Ipswich, uh, up in Brisbane, who, unlike me, felt very sad that we got rolled, who was just delighted to see their hero just annihilate Sydney. On their home turf and within them this sense of hope welling that one day they would be like Chris Lynn and they would put the bowling attack to the slaughter and you can just see them the next day going out in the nets training extra hard. The Australian Ballet Company, they are currently showing the Nutcracker and I'm sure if you go along it will be outstanding. And I couldn't help but imagine that if you went there, you would probably see some young girls there who are currently enrolled in dance school. And as they see the poise and the majesty and the control and just the beauty of the dancers weaving their web of magic to the audience, that they would return to their dance classes inspired with the hope that one day they might be like them, thrilling the crowds. On site here, we run numbers of meetings, but uh, not personally, but they use our facilities, AA, NA, uh, there's a number of different groups that meet, to help people with addictions. And it's a wonderful service to people who are in deep trouble in life. If you've ever sat with someone who is suffering with addiction, it's not a good place to be. And I couldn't help but imagine the time that a person turned up for their first meeting. Might have been a man, might have been a woman. And that sense of despair that has carried them, the shame, the sense that Will they ever be able to escape the addictions they're in? And as they sat through the meeting and they saw others who have traveled this road and are now free of alcohol or whatever it is that has been controlling them. And for the first time in years, they actually feel a sense of hope that they might be able to overcome what has destroyed them to this point. Hope is one of the most essential aspects of life. Without it, individuals often will just shrivel up and literally die. With hope, people can do amazing things they can endure through suffering and sickness and persecution and opposition and tough times. And Martin Luther said this, Everything that is done in this world is done by hope. And I want you to think about that because as people, we are what I want to call meaning-making creatures. Essential to being human is the sense of search for purpose and meaning. What is it that we're doing? What, what, What is it that drives us? What is the meaning that we make in our life that helps us get out of bed each morning and go forward? There's a sense of purpose. And with that is an absolute sense of hope. That we have something to live for. Everything that's done in this world is done by hope. And I want to say to us this morning as we stop, and we remember this incredible event from centuries past, and we mark it every year on the 25th of December, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, that it is the day when hope entered the world. And it's not just any hope, it is greater hope. In fact, I want to say it is the greatest hope that anyone can have to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to stop and just reflect on that hope just for a few minutes. Uh, There's lots of wonderful things that happen at Christmas. Uh, We stop at the end of the year, we get holidays here, it's summertime, the water's warm, uh, you can swim. Christmas Day is a day where we are together with people. Hopefully you've got family, friends to be with. There's gift giving which reminds us that life is not about ourselves, it's about others. And there's beautiful food to eat, be it traditional turkey, ham or seafood and prawns, whatever it is that you're doing, I'm sure it'll be great. But at the centre of it all, there is something more profound at Christmas, something greater that binds us together that we are worshipping here in the building it's the story of hope, and it's not a fairy tale, it's not a myth, it's not an invention. It is the birth of Jesus Christ when God became a man. And what I want to do is get us to look at what the prophets said about this amazing birth from Isaiah chapter 9. We had it read to us by meal. Let me just put up the beginning of the prophecy. The end of the prophecy is what it's best known for, the names that are ascribed to. To this son. But the beginning of the prophecy starts this way Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And what the prophet is doing is he is lifting the eyes of the people. They were in distress, they were in gloom, they were in darkness. They were people who were knowing the judgment of God, the opposition of the nations around. And the prophets would do two things. They would come and remind them. They would call them to come back to God and back to the covenant. The simple word is repent. But they would do something else which was very necessary. They would point them forward and say, God has not forgotten you. And there is a day to look forward to. And they inspired them with hope. And at the centre of these prophetic words of hope was that God was going to send a leader to rescue the people of God and to bring in a kingdom, an eternal kingdom that was beyond imagination. And so in Isaiah's time, as Emil said, it's roughly seven, 800 years before the Lord Jesus was born, he gave us this prophecy... And he announced that a leader would come who would overturn the gloom, who would bring light to the darkness, who would bring hope. Now, one of the essential features or functions of a leader is to bring hope. We often call it inspiration, but what we're really talking about is the sense of there's a better tomorrow that we can look forward to. Now, if you want a great example of this... um, Donald Trump is a fascinating study in history and politics. And let me just say from the outset, I'm not his biggest fan. Uh, that's a polite way of saying my thoughts. But he inspired enough people to vote for him such that he overturned all of the pundits and all the predictions in what was one of the most shocking results for so many people in America. Unexplainable to, if I can say, the elites. How was it possible that this man, Trump, actually won the election? I want to give you one reason why, and it's not Russia, okay? It's hope. He inspired hope in the people of America, or at least those who voted for him, and he did it with four words. Do you remember what they were? I'm going to make America great again. Now, whether he will be judged as the greatest con man the world has ever seen, and whether America will be better or worse for his presidency, we'll let history determine that. Though I did read with interest uh, one study that was done last year on how they rank presidents through the history of America and uh, who's been the greatest and who's been the worst. And uh, he came in at number 43 out of 44. Not a great rank. But what struck me is, I've got numbers of friends from America, I was over there last year, or this year, so many people love him, because they think he is doing something great for the country, and he is inspiring hope. And Isaiah spoke of a leader who would come, and who would bring hope. And in verse 3, it says, you enlarged the nation, speaking of God here, and increased their joy, they rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. In other words, there's this day coming, light is going to shine in darkness, gloom is going to be just done away with, and what it's going to be replaced with is joy and rejoicing as the warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. And you get this very evocative image here. He says, for... As in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. And the image is this, that when this leader comes, he's actually going to cease the wars and there'll be a victory. And the weapons and the uniforms of warfare are going to be thrown in the fire because they're of no use anymore. And burned up because peace has come. And Isaiah said to them, That's what you've got to look forward to. A leader who would bring victory. A leader who would bring peace. A leader who would bring blessing and security. A leader that would bring joy. Great leaders lead their people to times of blessing and security. prosperity and then he described this leader this way for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government in other words he will rule it will be on his shoulders he'll be the king and he'll be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end in other words the kingdom that he is going to bring in will be eternal It will be a blessing to all who are part of it. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness. And from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And Isaiah says, wait for that day. Wait for this child, this son, who will be born for you. I love those words, to us. In other words, for us, a child will be born. And that is what we're celebrating today, the day when hope entered the world in a way that the world had never seen before. Now what is astounding, you look at the leaders of today and they love to advertise what they're doing, they love to post on social media and tweet and to be the centre of attention. The astounding thing about this Jesus, who was born in the most unassuming circumstances is that as the Prince of Peace, he never trumpeted his case. As the mighty God, he never sought the limelight. He simply turned his face to heaven, to his Father, and he did the abiding work of God. He loved people in the most profound way. Those who most loved him were those on the margins of society because for the first time in their life, they were not excluded, but they were included. He healed people, often to the point of his own exhaustion. He fed them. He was never just concerned about soul. He was concerned for the whole person. He taught them as a pastor and a shepherd. And he called them to turn their lives around and to embrace God and to follow God. The word biblically is repent, which simply means to turn around. He said, turn around. Get your life right with God, because the kingdom is about to arrive. And then he went and died on the cross on behalf of the people. And he did what none of us or no other leader could ever do, which was to conquer the enemies of humanity that no one has ever been able to overcome our sin, our failure, our rebellion with God, the devil, and death itself. And at the cross, he paid the price for our sin. At the cross, he defeated Satan. And with his resurrection, he overcame death itself. And that's why he will be called the Prince of Peace. The mighty God. The wonderful counsellor, because he is the one who comes for us. And it's a very... Unusual description to have a counsellor alongside a king. And it tells you the type of king and leader that he was. This deep abiding sense of compassion and care along with strength and power. And when he rose from the grave, he sent people out with the wonderful news of the gospel to call people to him. And to find hope and life and forgiveness for sins. Friends Christmas Day celebrates the day when the greatest hope of the world entered our history in the person of Jesus. I get to do many things in my job, I found out when I came here very early on it also included being a camel rider. I've ridden them for 11 years now up and down the course so it is lots of fun. But you know the best part of my job is? It's not riding camels and having people taking pictures of you. I mean, I can take that, I'll leave that. It's actually having a message of hope for people that you know is real and can change a person's life. And when we talk about celebrating the birth of the Lord Jesus, we're absolutely talking about God himself entering our history for us. And when we talk about him conquering sin and death and evil, it was for us. And we talk about him offering hope, it is real. And one of the greatest joys in my life is seeing people embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and the hope he offers and having their life completely transformed. People who have a fear of death and are not ready to meet God finding forgiveness for sins and being able to be ushered into the presence of God on their deathbed and welcomed into eternity. One of the great privileges is taking funerals of dear saints here and knowing that they have a a hope that is eternal. One of the incredible things is seeing people whose lives are completely messed up find Christ and have their lives turned around they found meaning and purpose and hope in knowing Christ. We celebrated at our annual celebration dinner a young man whose life was the complete opposite of joy and peace and patience. Who'd found himself in ICU after a drug overdose. Who found new life in Christ and hope through knowing him. I want to ask a very simple question as we finish up. Do you know the eternal hope found in Jesus Christ this Christmas? Because that's what we're celebrating. Not any hope, not hitting 11 sixes, not performing the Nutcracker at the Sydney Opera House, but actually the greatest hope you can ever have, which is to know God, to be at peace with Him, to have eternal life and to have meaning and purpose in your life as you follow Him. Let's just stop and bow our heads as we finish. And what I'd like us to do individually is just to pray. And I want to give you just a moment for you to pray to our Heavenly Father, to God Almighty. Do you know this hope? Do you know this Jesus? Are you trusting in Him? Are you living for Him? Let me encourage you to stop and pray to Him now as you reflect on the greatest hope, Jesus Christ. pray for us Heavenly Father we just thank you that hope entered the world that first Christmas in the most unassuming way a newborn baby for to us a child was given to us a son was born and we thank you Lord that the Lord Jesus has been revealed to us that he is the wonderful counselor the mighty father the mighty God the prince of peace May he be our hope this Christmas. May we follow the Lord Jesus and trust in him. May we turn from our sins and find peace and hope and forgiveness through all that he's done for us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, let me just say.